0: Welcome back, Giants fans. So today we have a community page questions video where I answer some of your guys' questions, so I appreciate you guys asking those questions. The Giants right now sit at 3-6. and six. They are the 13th seed, I believe, in the NFC. Need to be in the top seven, of course, to make the playoffs. So, you know, are we in the hunt? I mean, I guess you can say that because right now the Atlanta Falcons are in the playoffs and they're 4-4, four four, so... We're three and six. Um the second half of the year gets easier, hopefully, for the schedules. So if the Giants make some kind of special push and finish out the year very strong, then hey, maybe the Giants sneak in there in that seventh spot. If they beat Dallas, um, you know, maybe something there happens there as well. I mean, I'm not going to say we're going to win the NFC East, but um, I still have some, you know, glimmer of hope that hopefully something can happen in the second half in a positive way. So we'll see. Anyway, hopefully you guys enjoy this video and let's get into it. First question from Zohaib Saleem. Hopefully I pronounced these names right, of course, but thoughts on Kenny Galladay so far after we signed him. I, I was excited, but he hasn't done much so far. I'm thinking because of Jason Garrett. So with Kenny Galladay, of course, you know, the elephant in the room is okay. The guy missed like three or four games with the knee injury. So that's the number one thing, of course. But when Galladay has played, looking at his numbers, he hasn't been that bad. So in week one, he had four catches, 64 yards. In week two, had three catches, 38 yards on eight targets. So these were not connecting there. Um, The Atlanta game, five targets, four catches, 64 yards. Had the big game against the Saints. Seven targets, six catches, 116 yards. Then got injured in the beginning of the Dallas game. Then came back this week and saw two targets. So, Yes, I think part of it is Jason Garrett. I will admit that. I I think Kenny Galladay is a very talented guy. Of course, I was excited when we signed him as well. But, you know, we have to realize that, hey, this guy may be slightly injury prone. He denied it himself when Galladay was asked if he's injury prone. But, you know, the proof is out there that he's missed a lot of games in the past year and a half, um, you know, missing a lot of games last year, missing so far, basically three and a half games this year. So it's been frustrating. But I, I do still believe when Galladay's healthy, he is a wide receiver one type of guy, a top 20 wide receiver in the NFL. Um, I always said that Matthew Stafford's play style matched up perfectly with Kenny Galladay, and I do believe some things still have to be worked out with Daniel Jones. But, you know, Kenny Galladay's the type of guy where you have to take advantage of the size, run him on some slants, some in routes, and just take advantage of his size, throw some balls downfield, and, you know, give him a 50-50 ball here and there. So, Part of it's the offense, and just part of it's not staying healthy. I do believe if Galladay was healthy, um, we'd see much better results right now. But yeah, this offense with Jason Garrett, it's not fun, and I do wish there were more targets for their wide receiver one, because as we saw last week, you know, Tony and Galladay combined for only three targets. That's unacceptable. Um, Luckily, the Giants won that game, of course, thanks to the defense, but the offense has to be better, and Galladay's got to be healthy. But you know, I'm not panicking about the signing so far. It hasn't worked out perfectly yet, but... I hope in the second half of the year we see all the weapons back and healthy. And the Giants get a decent matchup coming uh, at at Tampa Bay Week 11. Their secondary is very beat up this year, so God, they hopefully can have a nice game. Next question from Timothy Henson. If the Giants are fully healthy, do you think they have a shot at beating the Bucs? Also, um, if these guys stay healthy, could they get to 8 or 9 wins at the end of the year? So, the first part against the Bucs. I mean... I don't know what the spread for that game would be. I'm assuming Tampa by close to 10 if they stay healthy, of course, this week coming off their bye. I don't know who they play. I forget, but Tampa, uh, Tampa does play this week. So, assuming they stay healthy relatively, I mean, I don't know. I think the Giants are going to have a lot to take care of in that game. I mean, the Bucks might be the best roster up and down right now in the NFL. So, I don't feel great about the matchup, especially in Tampa, so I'm not going to pick us to win. I just think a lot has to go perfect. You can't run the ball in Tampa, really. They have such a great run defense. Daniel Jones, like last year, is going to have an opportunity to have a big game. And I feel like the Tampa game is going to show us a lot of who Daniel Jones is because that secondary in Tampa is pretty beatable, as I mentioned, based on the injuries in that secondary. So... If Daniel Jones has a big game, like a 300-yard and 2 or 3-touchdown performance and, and plays his ass off, and the defense still plays well like they have been the past few weeks, then yeah, I guess it's possible, but I'm not going to pick the Giants to win, and I do think the spread is going to be close to 10 points for the Buccaneers. As for that second part of the question, can they get to 8 or 9 wins, let's look at it now. So, at Tampa, I mean, I'll look at the rest of the schedule here. So, at Tampa, I can't pick them to win that game. Versus Philly, let's call that win number 4 at Miami, let's call that win number five, you know, maybe, Um, at Los Angeles, and then versus Dallas, I'll give them one of those games, I don't know which one it's going to be, but let's say right there, that's win number six, win number seven would have to come at Philadelphia in week 16, the Giants historically do not play well at Philadelphia, Um, win number eight would have to come at Chicago, their offense is pretty much as bad as ours, their defense is, you know, it's okay. It's fine. Khalil Mack's been hurt, but he should be back by that point. But anyway, um, let's say they win that game and get to eight wins. Then they would have to win versus Washington at home and kind of close out the year on like a three or four game win streak. So if they have a flawless December and January, then sure, they can get to eight or nine wins. But um, they lost so many winnable games early in the season and now have their backs against the wall. So I can't sit here and say, oh, they'll get eight or nine wins for sure. If I had to guess right now, I think they're probably going to get to, like, seven if I had to guess, but, you know, if a few things go right here and maybe the Giants have some injury luck, you know, facing these teams, like, let's say Dak Prescott's out or let's say Justin Herbert's out or something, um, you know, then maybe there's a chance to get to that eight or nine win mark. I think nine's a bit, you know, I don't know. That just seems a bit crazy to me. I think eight right now is their ceiling, but, you know, I would, I would guess probably right now it's probably a seven-win season looking at it now. Next from my guy, Ray Sosa. That the Giants were able to hold uh, above-average offenses like the Falcons, Panthers, and I don't know—I don't know about the Panthers anymore—but Chiefs and Raiders to under 20. Would you consider the Giants' defense is back, or do you still think they need to prove themselves a little more throughout the season? Keep up the great vids, Mike. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I don't have full, full 100% trust in this Giants defense. Like, if they came out against Tampa and let up 35 points to Tom Brady in that offense, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. Do I feel much, much better about this defense now than I did, like, a month and a half ago? Absolutely. Like, coming off that Rams game, coming off the uh, the Dallas game even, I was like, man, what happened to this defense? Even the Washington game, how they allowed, you know, um, a – what the hell is his name? Tyler – Taylor Heineke – Led offense to have like 30 points in that game that pissed me off as well so yeah the defense had a lot of problems early on and I don't know if like the NFL adjusted to Patrick Ram. now Patrick Graham is making adjustments to the NFL it's kind of just going back and forth right now but yeah Patrick Ram at least has shown the ability to make changes unlike Jason Garrett for the most part so I do trust Patrick Graham I you know we do have some tough matchups coming up in the second half of course you know Tampa's offense the Chargers offense the Cowboys offense if they're healthy so um, there are some tough matches coming up here, but I would say my trust level with the defense right now is like an 85, 90%. Like I'm pretty much there. Um, I I once again am a believer in Patrick Graham. There was a time where I was like, I don't know if we have the guy anymore. But now Patrick Graham is the guy I want at defensive coordinator. Um, I still wish we had an alpha edge rusher. You know, Quincy Roche has been playing much better. Obviously Aziz Ojolari has been a a really, um, you know, bright spot for this defense. And Leonard Williams is getting pass rush. But if we had that one more really, really good edge rusher, this defense would have a great, you know, I think they'd be great talent-wise. I mean, they're pretty good right now talent-wise, but they'd be great. Need some linebacker help, of course, without Blake Martinez, but he's not coming back this year. So, you know, my trust level is is high, as I said, 85 90%. But if they come out and crap the bet against Tampa it wouldn't shock me. But on the flip side, if they hold Tampa to like 24 points or less, I'm going to feel really good. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it all depends how they come out of the bye, of course, having two weeks to prepare for a great offense. So if they can hold Tampa to a respectable amount of points, then hey, um, I'll look at this defense a lot better than I do right now. Next from Kurt Schwarber, I always think of Kyle Schwarber every time I see that name. So first off, your content in general is awesome. Your Nets videos are the only reason I began to care about the NBA. That's good news. The Nets are fun right now. So that's that's great news. Anyway, My question is, do you think this team is coming up on another rebuild or can we build off this year's roster for next year and compete? I personally want a new outside GM to come in and pick his own coaching staff and run the team that way. But this team currently has a lot of great pieces. And I think that if they were better coached, we could be one draft class and they better be taking two offensive linemen um, away from the playoffs. That's an interesting question. I still don't have an answer to that, unfortunately. I really wish I did. I wish I had a stronger opinion. I hate being that guy who sits on the fence because, you know, I I hate content creators that are like, oh, well, you know, we'll see what happens. I I hate that type of style. Anyway, but that's kind of what I'm going to do here because I still want to see how the second half of this year plays out. If this team really finishes off terribly and only wins like five or six games, I'm probably going to be more in the, you know, more in that camp of like, let's just start this crap over. Like, we're not doing anything here. But. If the Giants somehow have that eight or nine win season, like the previous question asked, and they, they have a great second half, and they're winning games, and they're competing every single week, let's say they compete with Tampa, the Chargers, the Cowboys, all these good teams, and we feel very good about this team, then you can make the argument of we should, you know, kind of go all in for 2022. Now, you know, once again, we got to see how it plays out. But with that said, I still want Jason Garrett gone. I still think Dave Gettleman's gone. So, you know, do the Giants replace Gettleman with an outside GM? That's the main question. Or do the Giants do like this quick little thing where they promote Kevin Abrams for one year and see how 2022 goes, and then clean house if things go badly? That's the kind of, that's the question the Giants have to ask themselves right now. So, if they finish out this year poorly, I'm with you. You know, new coach, not well, maybe new coach, but new GM you know, if the new GM wants a new coach and he's adamant about it, then okay, new coach. I'm not like completely hung up on Joe Judge right now. You know, Joe Judge has proven nothing in this league so far. I like the guy, but hey, it's just, you know, the honest truth about him, And um, if they finish out this year strong, though, Joe Judge is back. They may promote some guy within the GM for another year and see how it goes. And, you know, they don't have a lot of cap space next year. I can't imagine that. So, you know, it's not like they can make a bunch of great free agent signings. I mean, they could make some small ones that work out well. And the two draft picks in the first round, they got a hit on those guys and they have to make sure that they have, you know, impacts in their first year. You can't draft developmental projects if you plan on competing in 2022. So we'll see. But, you know, I want to see how this year plays out. I'll definitely touch on that stuff as the year goes on, but definitely an interesting question that John Mayer has to face uh, at this moment. Next question from Will Casale or Will Casale. I like casally more, but let me know how to pronounce it in the comments. What specifically allowed Pat Shermer to run so many more explosive plays than Garrett, despite him having a comparable, very bad offensive line? So, yeah, this is one thing that really irks me as a Giants fan. It should irk everybody, honestly. Why was Daniel Jones allowed to go downfield more in 2019 if the offensive line sucked back in 2019 as well? And I made the whole video on Saturday about Derek Carr having more than double the deep ball attempts than Daniel Jones has, despite Derek Carr having an offensive line that's just as bad, basically. So it just comes down to play calling. I think it's more of a philosophy thing. And the problem was when Jason Garrett took over this job in 2020, he probably watched Daniel Jones's rookie year and said, Look, We really need to correct the turnovers. We need to take that out of your game and cut those, you know, more than in half. Cut those and like, you know, just cut your turnovers by a ton. So Jason Garrett came in here with this ultra conservative approach of like, let's just do quick passes and let's not have you throw the ball downfield very often. Let's not put you in spots where you can fumble the ball. And with Jason Garrett doing that, he kind of overcorrected the uh, situation with Daniel Jones and made him into this completely... Just overly conservative quarterback who still fumbles the ball and still has some interceptions uh, this season. So Daniel Jones is going to be a turnover guy. Regardless, I feel like we're not going to completely coach the turnovers out of um, out of Daniel Jones, but the Giants and Jason Garrett specifically took away the one good thing about Daniel Jones, well, one of the few good things, and that's his ability to pass the ball downfield. And I will say Daniel Jones' deep ball numbers were not what they were last year, and it fluctuates. The guys are not often in the top three or five every year of being deep ball passers. Those numbers change. But Daniel Jones, from what we've seen, can throw the ball deep, especially down the middle of the field. And for some reason, Jason Garrett has just taken that pretty much completely away from this offense. And I can't sit here and blame the offensive line because I do see examples around the league of other teams that have quarterbacks kind of like Daniel Jones, not the most mobile guy. I mean, Daniel Jones is mobile. He can't run, but Daniel Jones doesn't have the best pocket presence as we know. But guys that are kind of similar um, to Daniel Jones, like here's two examples. Derek Carr, as I mentioned, Derek Carr is probably less of an athlete than Daniel Jones is. Kirk Cousins with the Vikings. Kirk Cousins has an offensive line that is graded worse than the Giants in pass blocking via PFF, right? So the Vikings' offensive line, outside of, like, Brian O'Neill, their right tackle, is really not that good. They have the rookie left tackle, Derisaw, but he has not proven much yet. But their offensive line stinks as well in Minnesota. But for some reason, Kirk Cousins has a lot more deep attempts than Daniel Jones, and plus had his bye week already. So, you know, Daniel Jones played more games. So it's just, it's more of a Jason Garrett thing. He just overcorrected the whole situation. If you had to ask me, hey, Mike, do you prefer the 2019 Daniel Jones or the 2020-2021 slash Daniel Jones? I prefer the 2019 Daniel Jones. I mean, Jones has shown strides as a player, but I prefer the Daniel Jones that's going to have more big time plays and take more opportunities like that's what wins football games is explosive plays and if the Giants can't do it it's it's very hard in the NFL to work a perfect drive for 75 yards and not make a single mistake you know one holding call one offensive pass interference one ball batted in the air and it's intercepted like that can just ruin a drive like you need some type of explosive plays in your offense especially for a team like the Giants who can't run the ball you can't have an offense like this if you can't run the ball so Jason Garrett with this whole dink and dunk philosophy, it's not working out and I don't know why he has not realized it yet he's a smart man I would I would assume based on the Princeton degree and all that but um yeah it's just it's very puzzling and it has to change because if it doesn't change I think Jason Garrett's going to be out of a job once this year's over next from Dave Campbell do you think the Giants are an offensive line away from being serious from being a serious contender or do our problems lie deeper a good question I think in my opinion a great offensive line can help so much of course not only help the running game but help the quarterback as well Um, help the receivers run you know deeper routes and have more time to get out of their breaks and all those type of things so does an offensive line being great make the Giants a serious contender I have a hard time saying that but I think it makes the Giants a playoff team I think if the Giants right now had a offensive line like Cleveland or in Indianapolis I think the Giants could have been a nine win or 10 win team this year I don't know if that would have made them Super Bowl contenders because to be honest guys I don't know if we have a quarterback I really don't like I'm trying to I try to be as fair as I can when evaluating Daniel Jones and you know I haven't I've seen some good games out of him I've seen some games where I haven't been too impressed and I still am unsure if Daniel Jones is the guy so you know if Daniel Jones has a great offensive line in front of him does that make Daniel Jones a top 10 quarterback in the NFL I mean maybe it does but we've yet to see that and let's not Act like you know building a, a top five offensive line is easy the Giants have to find their right tackle they might have to find a right guard for Will Hernandez if he leaves they might have to find the center if Nick Gates does not return the form um they may have to find a left guard because their left guard spot's terrible Andrew Thomas has to stay healthy like there's a lot of things that have to go right for this offensive line so you know even defensively speaking we need an edge rusher like a, an alpha edge rusher we need some linebacker help um you know, I mean, that's you know, maybe I don't want to say defensive tackle because you know Lawrence has been fine lately. But you know, like this team is not perfect. It's not like we're just an offensive line away. But as I said, I think if they had a really good top five offensive line of football, this would be a nine or ten win team. They could make the playoffs. I don't think they're you know going to make a Super Bowl run. And I'm still not sure about Daniel Jones. So with those th- with those things said, it's not like a guarantee for me, but. I do want to see what it looks like. I hope that there's some way the Giants can actually build a really good offensive line over this one off season because, you know, Daniel Jones is entering year four and, you know, you don't want to like go into year four and not know who your quarterback is. It's a crappy situation, but we might have to. So, you know, if we can build a good offensive line, it'll help us find out a lot about this offense, whether it's Daniel Jones or the receivers or, you know, Saquon in the running game. So hopefully it happens because I do want to see it, but, I can't sit here and say the Giants wouldn't be Super Bowl contenders if they had a top five offensive line. Next question from Robert Bowen. I like that name. Um, other than Andrew Thomas coming back, any way you can think to upgrade the offensive line, shuffle line, bench solder, etc. That's pretty much it. I mean, there's there's no one that is going to improve this offensive line greatly on the interior. But what the Giants can do is, of course, get Andrew Thomas back and healthy and still play at a high level, which he was, and just put in Matt Parrot for Nate Solder, like. I don't know what else you really can do with this offensive line. Like, you know, Matt Parrott, for the most part, has had a fair share of really bad reps, but for the most part has been fine at left tackle. He hasn't been like the worst thing in the world. Um, As I said, there's been some ugly ones in there, but for the most part, he's probably been better than Nate Solder. And Nate Solder's now had half a year to have the right tackle spot and there's been too many times where he's been embarrassed and he's a liability not to say that Matt Parrott is a whole lot better but Matt Parrott's what 23 years old and, and Nate Soldier's like 33 or 34 so I would rather just play the young guy and and just see what he has like there's 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 the Giants are just there's nothing to lose here at this point like put Matt Parrot at right tackle he has a chance to be your future right tackle if things go well Get Andrew Thomas back at left tackle. It's still going to be Skura. It's still going to be Price. And it's still going to be Hernandez. It's the best they can probably do here. But if Matt Parrott, for some reason, just has a, an awesome second half at right tackle and Andrew Thomas is playing awesome at left tackle, then hey. The Giants might have something here. So, you know, that's what I want to see happen. At least I don't trust the Giants coaching staff to bench solder because for some reason they have a love affair with the guy. But um, if it was up to me, I would I would put Thomas back at left tackle, of course, and put Pair at right tackle and bench solder. Next from Stan Albert, what other quarterback options are out there that you see that are realistic upgrades from Daniel Jones while also addressing other spots on the roster? So once again, we have to realize that the Giants don't have the most cap space next year. They can try and make room, of course, and you know if guys like Jabril Peppers go or Evan Ingram, um, if they trade a James Bradbury, then there's a chance to, to clear some salary there. But there's not many guys that are clear, clear-cut, realistic options that are better than Daniel Jones. Like there's a, a route where maybe they go with like a Kirk Cousins or something, who's a slight upgrade, but. Kirk Cousins has a $45 million dead cap hit, so I don't think the Vikings want to do that. Um, Of course, Russell Wilson comes to mind. I mean, Russell Wilson, I don't think, is leaving Seattle. I'd be shocked if that happens. Deshaun Watson's the one that's, like, the most realistic, but I don't think the Giants want to touch that situation. Um yeah, I man, that's pretty much it. Aaron Rodgers, maybe. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to come here, so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but there's other guys that are kind of small, like not you know big names, but um, guys that would be good quarterback competition. These guys won't be better than Jones, but good competition. I think there's a real shot Jimmy Garoppolo gets released after this year based on how his contract is laid out. Garoppolo, of course, has the New England connection with Joe Judge and the quarterback coach, Shaplinski, So there's that. Um, there's some free agent quarterbacks next year. Guys like Tyrod Taylor would be a good competition. Jacoby Brissett would be a good competition. Marcus Mariota, I like him as a backup. Um, Jameis Winston, I mean, he'd be a fine backup. I'd have him come in and compete with Daniel Jones. I'm a Jameis Winston fan, honestly. So, you know, there's not many guys that are just clear cut upgrades over Daniel Jones that make sense, but there is an opportunity to bring in quarterback competition for next year and not have it be a Mike Glennon or a Alex Tanney type guy. So we'll see what they do, but there are some options out there and we'll see who the quarterback two or even quarterback one is next year for the Giants in 2022. Next question from Nicholas. Can you see the Giants trading Saquon? I feel like the franchise is always at pressure to not fail or yeah, to not fail him. It's an interesting thought. I mean, yeah, I feel like um, the Giants want to make the Saquon thing work very badly. I, I get that part of it when you spend that high of a pick on them. Do I think he gets traded? Well, if Gettleman's here, no. If Gettleman's gone, there's a chance. I think, you know, of course Joe Judge was not here when Saquon was drafted. Now, it comes down to John Mara. Does John Mara wanna trade the uh the face of the franchise and Saquon Barkley? Can John Mara uh can he do that? We've seen that with Odell Beckham before, but Odell Beckham was much more of a a problem child than Saquon Barkley was. Saquon Barkley just uh you know, by the book guy who just seems to do everything right. So um, the problem is he can't stay on the field. So I think if a new GM comes in and has complete control and John Mayer finally gets out of the way, which I can't guarantee it's going to happen. But if a smart GM comes in here and can get a second round pick and maybe something else for Saquon or even a third and a fifth or something that like gets something for Saquon that actually makes somewhat sense. Um, then yeah, I guess it could happen, but it really depends if John Mara gets his hand out of the football operations, which I can't guarantee. I don't think it's going to happen. John Mara, for some reason, loves to be involved. I get you own the team, but um, you know he has not been the best at that. So yeah, I can't see John Mara trading Saquon. Um, it all comes down to if the new GM has a lot of say or not, and we'll know that. If, if Saquon Barkley is in fact traded next year or something over the offseason um, and there's a new GM here, then we'll know that GM has a lot of say with this organization because I don't see. John Mara wanting to trade Saquon, but if the new GM can convince him, then hey, that guy has a lot of power in this organization. Next from Nelly20, what moves front office and team-wise can the Giants make to uh, improve and or fix the organization? So number one's the big one is just hire the right GM. Of course, you know, get Dave Guttman out of here and, and get someone who actually knows what to do. I mean, that's pretty much the easiest way to put it. Um, Do I know who that guy is? No, I have some GMs that I Would prefer like an Ed Dodds or an Adam Peters, guys like that. Um, But I don't know who it's going to be. So we'll find out who that GM is and I'll give my opinion once that guy's hired, of course. And I'll give that guy a fair shot like I did Gettleman until he, you know, inevitably pissed me off. But anyway, um, so outside of that, I mean, can they hire a coach that's an upgrade? I mean, sure. If they really do believe Judge is not the guy. I guess, but I I really do believe if I had to guess right now, I think judge is back next year. I don't really see it. I don't see him not coming back unless this team really has a bad second half. It has to go really bad here for that to happen. So Joe judge has to be better. Jason Garrett has to be gone. That has to to be another thing. Jason Garrett's got to go. They got to hire an offensive coordinator that, you know knows what the hell he's doing and actually uses Daniel Jones to his strengths and not just tries to make him a certain type of quarterback so um there's that now for roster improvements i mean once again the free agent spending is not going to be a ton the giants had their big spending spree this past offseason so um but if they can find the right tackle in the draft or even find like a center in the draft there's a good one i forget what school he goes to but you know get a position like that early and and have him be a franchise piece get a alpha edge rusher maybe so maybe get like a right tackle and an edge rusher in round one in the draft like the giants have to draft well they have a lot of draft picks this year and they got to hit on a lot of these picks and if that happens then we can really see the organization change a lot. And I do think it comes down to which you know who's the GM and who's the offensive play caller next year. That should uh, determine a lot of things. And, of course, staying healthy. The guy's got to stay healthy. I mean, Saquon has to be healthy if he's here next year. Kenny Galladay is probably going to be here. He's got to be healthy. Kadarius Tony's going to be healthy. Um, Sterling Shepard, I don't know if he's going to be back or not, but he's got to be healthy if he's here. So a lot of it's health, but there are some some changes within the organization like Jason Garrett and Dave Gettleman that if they can really improve from those guys, then we could see some really drastic improvements in a, in a positive way. Next from Michael Ardito, do you think Joe Judge is the head coach of the future? If you asked me this in August, I would have said absolutely, 100%. But now, um, I've been a bit discouraged like most Giants fans have. I think you know, with Judge, I mean, look, we knew this Giants team, I at least knew, this wasn't the most... Uh, this wasn't the most talented roster. This this was not a Buccaneers roster. This was not a Rams roster. I knew that. I knew this was probably going to be like an around an eight to 10 win team this year. Hopefully that's what we were hoping for. So I knew the talent wasn't like tremendous on this team, but I expected better. Um, the thing about judge has really been just annoying so far. is just how not disciplined this team has been with the penalties and just even times where they come out of timeouts and don't know what they're doing, like that stuff is really concerning. Like Joe Judge has been so bad with that, the discipline, um, going for it on fourth down when he when he should like not going for it on fourth down when he should be going for it. Like Joe Judge, based on the metrics compared to other teams, is one of the most like cowardly coaches in the NFL when not going for it on fourth down. So you know, I don't know how much Judge has a hand in the offensive play calling, so you know he might be a reason for why Daniel Jones never throws the ball deep. Like I have my concerns about Joe Judge. I think we all should have concerns, but you know he's probably going to be here next year, so I'm going to give him his time. I'm not going to sit here and be like, nope, there's no chance he's the future. Um, you know, so I want to give Joe Judge the necessary amount of time, but so far. In this 2021 season, I've been severely disappointed. So um, he's going to have another year, it feels like, to, to get it right. But Joe Judge has been just really bad in a lot of areas so far this year. Last question here from LA Sports. Out of the current roster, who is here long term three to five years plus down the road? All right. So let's just do three years because it's very hard to think about five years. Um, So let's go down the list here. Leonard Williams, I think, is a yes. I think he's back. I'm trying to look for more names. Dexter Lawrence definitely has a shot. Um, I would think he probably earns a second contract here. I mean, we'll see. He's a fine player, so I would assume he has a chance to be back. If Quincy Roche keeps this up, I mean, there's a, there's a chance. You know, a guy like Ellerson Smith, we'll see what he is, but he's got to prove something first for me to sit here and say yes, for sure. Kadarius Toney has to stay healthy, so that, that depends on it. If Kadarius Tony plays a lot of games the next few years, then yeah, I think he's back as well. Darius Slayton, probably not um obviously not nate soldier matt Parr, interesting one i'm gonna say no but like there's a chance if he really plays well and actually starts at right tackle like we want here the second half of this year then there's a chance will hernandez i mean does he earn a second con i mean I, he's gonna probably test out free agency i feel like so that's iffy for sure you know there's not many guys like for sure will be back here aziz ojalari yes i think he'll be here i think so three years from now i could see that happening Cam Brown might just be like an ace special teams guy at that point. So yeah, I think Cam Brown will be here. Um Aaron Robinson is interesting. And if he finishes out his rookie contract, I think, you know, he probably should be here if Aaron Robinson's actually a decent player. So that's one I can see. Darnate Holmes, I mean I want him here I like I like Darnay Holmes so that's a maybe Xavier McKinney if he plays like this absolutely I think McKinney probably will be here three years from now um if he is it means he probably worked out as a prospect um Saquon Barkley oh that's a tough one man gut feeling I mean gut feeling I'm gonna say yes because of John Mara but it also would not shock me if he was gone Brad is going to be probably 31, 32 by that point. Logan Ryan will be up there in age. He'll be gone. Adoree Jackson will probably be close to 30. Uh, will he stay healthy for three years from now? It's tough to say. I mean, Adoree Jackson is definitely 50-50. Kenny Galladay, I mean, that's a tough one. I, I probably would lean no for that one. Um... Daniel Jones, I mean, we'll we'll go to Sterling Shepard first and end on Jones. So Sterling Shepard, I don't think so. I don't think he has much of a future here, unfortunately, because, you know, the Giants look at his injuries, the Giants don't have the most cap space, and they can probably get out of his contract after this year. So this might be Shepard's last year. We'll find out how that plays out for Daniel Jones. Is Daniel Jones a New York giant three years from now? That means he would have signed a big contract extension. He's making, you know, 30 something million dollars per year, probably. Does Daniel Jones reach that point? Today I'm gonna say probably not. That's I'm leaning towards no. I think he has a chance, obviously. There's not I'm not gonna sit here and say there's no chance that Daniel Jones is the quarterback here in the future, but um I'm still far away personally from being comfortable giving Daniel Jones a massive contract extension. So I don't know how the Giants feel about that, but I, I can't sit here and be like, yeah, let me give Daniel Jones a five-year, $130 million contract. I can't say that right now. So Daniel Jones has more to prove, but if he really has a great second half and you know shows us that he is the guy and even next year has a better offensive line and the weapons stay healthy and he plays well and has like a 30-plus touchdown season and, and the Giants have 10-plus wins, then yeah, Daniel Jones should be back here. But a lot of it is based on results in the future will the Giants ever put a team around Daniel Jones that's good enough to to you know have Daniel Jones be the quarterback he needs to be that's a a big question so I lean no but it definitely could happen because the guy's you know 20 what 24 24 year old quarterback former sixth overall pick yeah there's a there's a chance he definitely gets a second contract but if you're asking me the question I lean no but we'll see hopefully I'm wrong about that anyway that will do it for this video. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed. Thanks to all those who asked questions. Um, I'll try to do another video like this at some point this year before the year ends. But um, yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't know what my next Giants content will be. I might do a film review video considering we now have two weeks to do that. So if you guys want this film review, let me know in the comments. And I will talk to you guys next time.